Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin here, episode 78. Thank you for your time and your attention. As ever, I'm super grateful of this opportunity to bring interesting guests, ideas, inspiration, insights to you to help you to grow and to scale your business. And in this episode, I speak to Frida Doxy. Uh, we speak about transformation, about change, about some of the things and the blocks that can get in the way for people within the world of business. Frida runs a business called Wise Coaching, but has a sports coaching background in basketball and has got some interesting ideas around one of the th- what we can do to shift blockages and to help to bring around change and transformation in our business. So welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Uh, today, I've got the great pleasure of sitting down with Frida Oxley from Wise Coaching. Frida is a She's a head coach, not um, you know, to mindset head coach. So, Frida, hi, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you, hi, Gavin. It's good to be here. Well, today we're going to be talking about change and more specifically about transformation. And as a business owner or as a leader of a team or teams, what you can do to help members of your team to transform, to improve, to change. Absolutely you actually think it's not about change, it's about transformation. There's a process that you like to take people through to help to facilitate that change. So first of all, do you want to explain a little bit about your background and then let's go into the process, the journey that you take people through for transformation. So I have an athletic background that's from middle school playing women's basketball. Cool. All over the world. I am a college Hall of Famer for women's basketball. I also now involve in the United States Women's National Basketball Association as I provide spiritual leadership and guidance for the players and for those who are chaplains, if you will, for those franchises here in the United States of America. From coaching women's basketball, my I have transformed to um, the head coach and that is working on the mindset of people to get them to move from where they are to where they really could be. And a lot of conversation often in the world of business and the world of work is about the need for change and the pace of change. I'm interested that you think actually it's not about change, it's about transformation. So tell us more about uh, your thoughts around this and your experience around this. My personal experiences, I made a variety of changes, whether it was changing job, changing career, you know, changing friendship, et cetera. Okay. Changing even job titles. And I noticed something, not only just in myself, because I've worked with clients uh, for quite some time now, is that they kept on changing, but they were never satisfied. And when we have an outer change where we change titles and positions and jobs until there's an inner change, and this is where transformation kicks in, now we can go beyond just ourselves to others. And I believe, like Zig Ziglar says in so many words, you do all you can to help other people, it'll happen for you as well. And once we can get to that stage of not just inner looking at me, it's all about me and myself, but it's also about my team, my department, my company, 
or my own personal company, uh, then we'll have transformation. So that's the reason why I say it's not just about change, it's about transforming. And I'm also intrigued with what you said that if people do make change, and particularly those that are driven, ambitious, goal-orientated, they often weren't satisfied with each successive change. So how do you help people get to that point of that degree of fulfillment and satis- being satisfied, even though they still want to pursue growth and, and improvement. Absolutely. So you continue with your individual growth. And now, so I use it, what I call the self-efficacy model. It's not what I call it, but there's such a model called self-efficacy model. And get the four stages, if you will, of that particular model. So when I work with individuals, it gets them to move from my own self-interest to the interest of my company or my job or my department. It's looking at what emotion is getting in the way to cause you, to help you to move out of the inner to the outer. Okay. There is something that is holding us back. You know, uh, it could be fear. And I always say fear of what? <laughs> fear of success, fear of failure, fear of a person, <laughs> fear of a, a what of, of a company. And once we identify that, now we can move to motivation. Uh, how can we motivate you to now begin to be that engaged individual for yourself if you're an entrepreneur or even for your company? And so the next step would be simply, and I say simple because I've done this so much, is what learning works for you. I can give you all the knowledge and the information, but what learning is going to really help you uh, so you can reach that goal when you're outside of yourself. And now it's also about other people. And then that's step two. Then step three, we look at practicing. <laughs> you got to practice that knowledge and that information. And like we talked about earlier, and I have done it. I mean, I got stacks of manuals, you know, from all over the country or the world, really. And, but it's just sitting there collecting dust. So what I encourage people to do, teams, leads, as well as department managers to do, and that is, hey, let's put this to practice, whatever you want to call it. And I believe in leadership, executive team leadership, management leadership, need to learn how to be coaches and not manage. One thing to manage the process and another thing is to coach the individual so that process can work. And then the final stage, voila, you'll have success. Uh, that takes time and er- that time varies with each, with each individual. In your experience, what difference does the, uh, a leader have in those skills as a coach? Well, how does that help them in their leadership? Uh, and you may know, and that is people do not leave companies. They do not leave organization. They leave because of the direct report. Whoever that person is, that individual must take on the role as a coach in addition to being a leader or manager. And they may need training for that. How do I coach before so long the business model is do more for less at the same cost? And so we was driven by that. But now there's a new business model that is adding coaching along the way and care for your people. And so once you teach a manager or a leader how to coach that person, you will see change. You will see change in that individual, in the team, in the department, as well as an entire company. And I think uh, coaching as a, as a methodology and it breeds capability as opposed to dependency. So if you're a command and control style leader, not only does that often not work in many circumstances and many people it doesn't work for, but if you're all, a member of your team requires you to give them the answers all the time, then you're breeding dependency. I suppose with the coaching, 
you're encouraging them to think through things so that they're able to develop that capability to come up with the answers in the future themselves. Absolutely. It's interdependency where we both can function independently, but at the same time, we work together to bring about a common goal. And the goal is it includes the individual and the company. That can work and it must work. What are my goals and what are the goals of the company and where do we join? Where do we connect? And that's where you begin to do the work. So, in terms of with a, a line manager, then you encourage them in their one-on-ones with their direct reports to be having that conversation about where their goals connect with the organization, the business's goals. Absolutely. So what do you find as um, you said earlier on, there's always a, a block, something that's holding people back, no matter where they are in their career or their life. What are the patterns that you see in terms of what those blocks are? Uh, it's fear. It, it really is fear. I mean, I could throw in some other things, but overall, overarching, it's fear. And that sounds like a big global statement. Whoa, fear. Everybody's saying this fear. And fear is not afraid. Because I've, I've worked with uh, individuals, so I, I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm, not afraid. I'm a go-getter. I accomplish. You know, I'm not talking about being afraid. I'm talking about having a fear. And that means what stops you from moving forward? So it's not only in, let's say, the employee, but it also could be in the, the, I've worked with a company, it's in the manager. Well, I don't want this individual to take my position, right? And so you're going to have a struggle there. And I call it a negative loop. So you're going to go loop and loop and loop. And the individual, the manager or the leader is going to find a way to sabotage that individual from advancing, I tell people, you should always be looking for your successor. Mm -hmm. Place you. And that will will work on that. So when you're able to identify, like I said, I believe it's the fear. When you're able to identify what is it, now you can move forward. Once you identify, you got to face it, you know, face your fears and do it anyway, right? Somebody said that. Susan Jeffers, yeah. So the point there about, um, I love that, you should always be looking for your successor. So that fear is this person might become better than me and I would lose my role, my job. And you show them, well, actually, you'll be going on to your next job. So there's that fear. There's no foundation to it. There's, there's no need for that fear. So you help to remove that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing is, so when people are listening, so what I'm saying, let's be balanced to this. And that is, um, I'm a VP, let's say, of marketing. Mm-hmm. And Mark's like, no, I'm going to retire here. I mean, I am 60 years old. So I'm, I don't want anybody to replace me. So once again, remember, we go back to it's not the self-interest, but it's include, it's your self-interest and it's others. So, so that individual may not take your position at that particular company, but you can assist him to reach his goal to be a VP of marketing, maybe at a different company or his own or her own company. Typically, when you work with people in businesses, what are the range of fears that you encounter? The one that I just mentioned, that's one. I don't want to take my position. I want to stay where I'm at. Um, I have this great income, and I don't want to lose that income. Another one is it comes from the outside, because there's outside stressors, like what's going on at home and the family. And that's where managers and leaders must know the people they work with. Sure. I'm a therapist by trade as well. So I'm not saying you do a therapy session with that person, 
but you use strategies to get to know the individual uh, and coming from the outside. You know, they may have a partner who is putting a lot of pressure on that individual to do a certain thing in that particular company. So once you sit down and identify those, you'll be able to move forward. So those are the fours that I've identified that I always say are the top ones is replacing mean income. Come and think about it. No one wants to lose their job (laughs) or the income that they're getting or the lifestyle that they're getting. I want to keep this lifestyle. When you say that on that journey of change, you identify the fears, you understand what motivates them. How would you increase that motivation? Are you helping people to to really sort of connect with, to tap into the things in their life that are really important and what things that they want to achieve? Yeah. So look, all the holistic approach that includes, you know, family, includes uh, their career, emotions. It includes spirituality for some, education. So there's a, a six-spoke wheel okay. of hope. Have them to identify those areas that they are highly motivated in. And then say, what do you really, let's look at three areas you want to work in. You know, you really want to see move from point A to point B. And then I say, you know, what would happen if we could take you to point C? So now we see they, they have B, but they're willing to go to C. And C is the part. That's the motivation. Let's look at the possibility of reaching C. And so how much time do you think it would take for you to get to level C? You know, get their response on that. And then we'll say, okay, well, how about, do you think it's fair for us to go to level C as opposed to level B? That would be nice. Yeah. I would like to try that. I would like to try, you know? So when people are saying, if someone says, no, I can't do that, then we know their motivation. They say, people are motivated for change or for transformation when they say, let's do it. Show me. Bring it on. Hi, Gavin here. If you're frustrated with lack of progress in your business or are lacking clarity of where you're going from a strategic point of view in your business and you're spending your time being too reactive and not moving the dial in terms of growth, then you may be interested in my quarterly strategic planning program. This is my most popular program where I spend time once a quarter with you working on your business with email and phone support in between times We create a real clarity overall about where you're going strategically and then have a focus over the next three years. If this is of interest to you, where we meet once a quarter to keep you on track with full phone and email support between, give you the clarity around your strategy and the accountability to really keep going and growing, then email me gavin at gavinpreston.com, gavin at gavinpreston.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if this is a fit for you. Some of the time as the coach, you have to hold the space for them to flirt with the idea that they could do it. You have to hold, shine the light on the possibility of something. And what I find with a lot of my clients, and particularly when I'm stretching them around how much they're going to achieve with their business and how far they're going to grow and how quickly they can get there, sometimes it's just holding that space and that you can do it. Actually, we can get much further than you believed you could before, and we can do it in less time than before. And they never really stop to think about that. And then as an external person looking in and sharing that with them, you know, you can do that. And these are the reasons why I believe you can do it. Um, it's not just a pie-in-the-sky statement. Here's the data that supports that statement. They spend more time thinking about it. They spend more time getting excited about it. And, of course, their motivation and commitment rises as well. 
Absolutely. And, and that's the part of being a transformation leader myself, that I get excited. And what I do until picture of the individual when I first meet them or the team or the company. And uh, when they get to that place at what I call the level C and you just see her in their face, now they're willing to do the work, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And they engage and that's what you, that, that's when you'll start seeing transformation happen. And they're willing to do the work that they probably would not have even thought to do. That could be a challenging work for them. Right. And it's fascinating. Great. So as they start to do that work, there's going to be bumps in the road inevitably. Uh, then presumably you're there by their side, you know, not every minute of the day, but you're there at the end of the phone or end of an, uh, an email in order to be able to help them navigate those sort of bumps in the road on that journey. Absolutely. And there's a strategy that we give them. What happens if this doesn't work? I had a guy the other day, he said, you know, I set a goal because I teach what I call, I see myself. So it's a part of your vision and it's an active, alive vision. It's not just in two, three days, I'm going to do ABC and I'm going to have this amount of money. I ask them, I literally make them because now they're at a point where they're working with me. Let's make this vision alive. I see myself, ABC, you know, make it alive, make it vibrant, uh, lots of action to it. Um, because the brain thinks in pictures, right? Mm-hmm. So when you give the brain the picture, it latches onto that picture. And more than likely, it will ensure that you will perform and bring that picture to about. And so, yes, when we work with individuals, I share with the individual, the guy, I said, you said you was going to get 60 and you got 50. Show me where the, you failed. So, yeah. And so as he began to process and go through his steps of processing, and said, wow, I guess I didn't fail. I said, hmm, you think? <laughs> and so sometimes we do get stuck in, I didn't get the 60, right? I got the 50. You got the 50 and you never thought you could even do 50. You were saying you could do 20. Sure. So the help the progress doesn't mean, okay, so what now do you think would help you to get the 60? So you got some tools now and then they began to move forward. How do you keep momentum? You know, some people can make a good start with, the change or achieving towards the goal and they might hit an early milestone really easily or in their stride. But three months in, nine months in, they may be struggling with momentum. And how do you help people with that? So we go back to the cycle that I talked about, self-efficacy. It's it's a cycle. So it's a circle. It's not a straight, you know, horizontal or even vertical. Okay. And one mind people, it's not that I do this and now I'm done. It's a cycle, it's a circle, and it's it, it never ends. So you could be anywhere on their circle. Now you identify, where are you on the circle? Oh, I don't feel like I can, this is too much for me. Where are you? Oh, so we hear, let's go back to motivation now. Let's go back to that emotion maybe kicking in. Well, And then we might identify and say, here's where the leaders, the, the, the managers got to be in tune to listening, hearing what the person is saying. And so they may be in that knowledge circle which says, well, maybe they need a little bit more information. <laughs> maybe the information I gave them is not helping them for where they are right now. Now they're in three months, six months, nine months. So you got to identify where am I on that circle? And then let's hone in on that. Maybe you need some more coaching. Maybe you need to come in, you know, leader and manager or Gavin Frida and do some more coaching in that particular area. Oh, okay. Now we, now the wheel keeps a turning. Fantastic. 
What about those people that get stuck with saying that they feel they always feel like they need more information and they don't actually start the action or take enough of the action behind the need for more information? And so what I say is how much information have you already gathered? And usually those are the people that have like used to be me, stacks of manuals, and they are just, I call it the, uh, Dale Carnegie calls it the knowledge gap. Mm-hmm. It's just stuck right there. And so you got to go back to motivation. Okay. Back to motivation. Get them tossed into that. So what specifically have you taken from your world of sports that you found to work in basketball, you found to work best in helping people in business? Persistence and endurance. I love that. Tell me more. To be a top athlete, you do what others not doing. Or as one of my former WNBA players said, I am, I am doing the work while you are sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that persistence and endurance. I remember coaching at Florida State University. We came in, three coaches, to rebuild that program, to put it at a national level. In the first two years, it's like we, it was tough at going out recruiting. I, I tell you, it was hard because people said, Florida State, um, you guys not winning any games. <laughs> okay. So we couldn't. But we went out and we, we, we endured. And that third year, man, we start winning. We got, you know, we had 16 games. That fourth year, we had 20 games. And that's what most coaches shoot for is a 20 win uh, games. Okay. Now, so it's that endurance and that persistence that I says helps me when I'm coaching with clients. But, you know, you were talking about a three-year time frame there. Some people in business, well, I think particularly those that are very sort of goal-driven and ambition, want results yesterday, don't they? They want to see tangible results say in three months not three years so sometimes do you find you what you're doing is helping them to notice the progress they are making even if they've not hit the big goal yet but the fact that they are making move you know progress in the right direction and that's where as coaches we motivate and encourage and help them to see where am i now and how far i've come and embrace that uh, that goes back to and this is the underlying thing i've seen that business model is ingrained in us, us, because it's do more for less and at the same cost. And so they go in thinking, but that's what the business wants. So I must change and make that my model. So now I'm driven in some cases, not all cases. Now I'm driven to fulfill that model. Well, that model is like a rat, you know, on on this wheel, you know, it's like a mice in a maze. You never get to teaching them showing them how to get out of that rat race, if you will, using somebody's phrase, uh, rat race. Yeah, okay. So you've helped with identifying the blocks, the fear. You've looked at the motivation, provided information. You helped encourage people to believe that it's possible. Is there anything else within that process then of growth that you that you work on? Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Oh, celebrate. so often forgotten, yeah. Great. Um, the client that I work with, I mean, for I don't tell them, but along the way, if not every month, if not every day, every other week, I'm sending some type of way of celebration because it's lacking in the corporate world. It mm-hmm. really celebrate recognition. I recognize my clients and the way that motivates them. That is a key. That is a crucial key. And when I teach coaches and leaders, 
find a way to recognize, celebrate the individual. Because you'll get more out of someone, more out of, if I can say that phrase, someone who's motivated, who is um, celebrated and recognized. The human is, I think we are made to be recognized and celebrated. Doesn't happen enough. And so not only do the coach leads, the coach, the leader would take that lead and doing it, but they'll show the individual who they, who, you know, direct report how to do it themselves. Do it with your family. Go home and celebrate your spouse. Go home and celebrate your child. Go home and celebrate your family member. And it's incredible momentum that is built once we do that. So what could that celebration look like in the work context? So it looks like, um, it, well, today using technology, it could be an email. It could be a text. It could be a card. Yeah. Cards are so effective, right? Yeah, so true. A handwritten card, yeah. Like, wow, someone actually wrote a card. You know, that's like yeah. so, um, but it's still very effective. And it's just simply saying, here's there's a process to do that too, Gavin. It's not just, hey, thank you um, for um, uh, working with, you know, this particular system of the past three months. That's not how you do it. Yes, do that. And then add how it was effective for the greater team. Ah, I like that. Okay. So I worked with the system over the past three months. Now it helped us to bring in this amount of income or this amount of revenue. It also helped us to get a customer that we lost. I started with, I appreciate da-da-da-da-da, what you did, and then also the benefit that it gained for the individual. So you're giving meaning to the praise. Yeah, great. Yeah, and and that's where the stretch is for leaders. And why? Because leaders are not getting that type of uh, recognition. And that's the technique that I learned from Dale Carnegie's system. Yeah, I love that. Give that, give them. And the thanks are not enough if they can understand the impact of their actions he's having on the business or on the team, then it gives real meaning to this praise. Absolutely. Fantastic. So how do people find out more about your work, Frida? So go to my website, which is www.wisecoaching.company. So it's a little bit different because uh, I'm different. Wisecoaching.company <laughs> <laughs> and look for Frida Doxy because there are other wise coaching, but I'm the only one, of course, with Frida Doxy. It might work best to use a URL, the HH, you know, HTTPS colon a backslash backslash wisecoaching.company and you'll find me. Fantastic, Frida. Thank you so much for sharing your insights around transformation, around leadership and the lessons that you've also got from sports and how that applies in the world of business. It's been a real pleasure talking with you today. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.